discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Previously on the Daily Ruckus. But you gotta wear a mask, bro. CDC recommends wearing cloth face coverings in public settings where other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. It's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. The president, if he was serious about protecting people's lives, could work with Congress and say, we're going to have a national uh, set of requirements. And one of those requirements is that you have to wear a mask. It's not that difficult. Even before the statewide mandate, some businesses, especially grocery stores, had already required masks and turned those without them away. I work for Costco and I'm asking this member to put on a mask because that is our company policy. So either wear the mask And or... I'm not doing it because I woke up in a free country. You gotta wear a mask, bro. While most people are following the rules, there are those who are not. I ain't scared, you know. What's gonna be, gonna be. Wear a mask if you want, but I'm not gonna wear one. I'm not gonna participate with any coercion in my life, if, that, if possible at all. Those folks are choosing to put their neighbors, families, and friends at risk. The president has repeatedly refused to wear a mask in public. Across the country, many of his supporters are following his lead. This is voluntary. I don't think I'm gonna be doing it. Well, you gotta wear a mask, bro. There's a visual messaging that comes from wearing a mask, a reminder to everybody that we're not in normal times now. So that's what it comes down to. And he would be actually showing uh, by wearing his own mask that it is serious and that is a priority. I don't think I'm going to be doing it. You got to wear a mask, bro. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio. I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. Nothing says pandemic like people wearing masks in public. And yet, depending on where you live, that symbol's on full display, or it isn't. It's strange. Everyone has access to the same data, yet countries have made very different choices. There are some broad trends. Asian nations mostly went full mask right out of the gate. Many Western countries have been reluctant to. Stephen Hine, a professor of cultural psychology at the University of British Columbia, wasn't too surprised by the general East-West split. Cultures with a long history of pathogens, he says, score high on measures of conformity. Quote, a good way to reduce the spread of disease is for everyone to adopt similar behaviors, such as wearing a mask when you're feeling ill. In my first visit to Japan over 30 years ago, I was struck by how the norm was for people to wear a mask when they had a cold. My Western friends and I thought this was quite humorous. It looked so striking and we didn't get the point. But this habit of wearing a mask when you're ill may be a big part of why the East Asian coronavirus curves are so flat. I think the world is starting to notice that the countries where people have taken mask wearing seriously are also the ones with the best outcomes in the pandemic." End quote. In the West, where everyone's fairly new to this, you can see the playbook being rewritten almost daily. One big difference between East and West is that mask wearing has had a moral dimension here that it never did in, say, China. The Chinese government bought 2 billion medical-grade N95 masks in late January and early February. Scarcity hasn't really been an issue. 
But in the West, many governments feared that promoting mask wearing would create shortages on the healthcare front lines. Then we learned that even asymptomatic people can spread the virus. Suddenly, that qualifier to wear a mask only if you're sick started to sound irresponsible. The new data reframed the issue in a way that plucked the compassion cords for many. You don't wear a mask to protect yourself from others, you wear one to protect them from you. Plus, with a mask, you're also less likely to touch your face, and seeing you reminds others not to touch theirs. Then came the hammer for Team Mask. New evidence suggested a good homemade mask offers other people protection from your potentially weaponized breath. The internet bloomed with videos showing you how to make a mask out of a t-shirt, or two masks out of an old bra. Nations that had been on the fence jumped. Czechoslovakia, for example, on March 18th, without complaint, the entire nation transformed itself almost overnight into a giant factory churning out homemade masks, wrote a USA Today reporter living in Prague. Quote, Within three days, there were enough masks for every man, woman, and child in this country of 10 million. End quote. The extraordinary mass buy-in compressed the usually long life cycle of a trend into something almost instantaneous. In two days, the country went from, look at that idiot wearing a mask, to, look at that idiot not wearing a mask, as one Czech man put it in a news video. Having your nose and mouth covered was no longer just a health intervention. It had become, quote, a badge of honor and a form of social bonding, end quote. Flout the mask code and you risked inflaming the wrath of bystanders who enlisted themselves as deputy enforcers. In Prague, by all accounts, it's as uncool to pull your mask down near someone as it is to blow cigarette smoke in their face. At this point, when World Health Organization officials mask up to deliver their news briefings, you'd think everyone would be on team mask. But they aren't. Why wouldn't this arguably rational message be universally heeded? Here's one answer. People aren't rational. As psychiatrists, we commonly see how psychological factors and stigma can prevent us from making healthy, even life-saving decisions, wrote two medical doctors from Columbia U Medical Center in a letter to the editor of the New York Times on April 2nd. Nowhere does this seem more evident than in our current reluctance to embrace universal mask wearing. If you've heard of mimetic theory, chances are it just sprang to mind. Mimesis says in a nutshell, data doesn't change people's views, People change people's views. We decide whom we trust, and then we adopt their views and copy their behaviors. Thus does the herd move, the stock market soar, and inane viral bloggers grow rich from their traffic. And on the dark side, scapegoats are identified and canceled at lightning speed. So it must have given American health officials agita when, after the CDC called for universal mask wearing, President Trump immediately undermined the message. Quote, You can do it. You don't have to do it. I'm choosing not to do it, he told Americans. The lukewarm endorsement was in some ways worse than no endorsement at all. It invited tribalism and judgment. Quote, If the public is told that only the sick people are to wear masks, then those who do wear them will be stigmatized, and people may well avoid wearing them if it screams, I'm sick, sociologist Zainip Tufika said last week. It seems puzzling in the extreme that the president, a known germaphobe, is still digging in his heels on this, unless you look through the lens of mimesis. We can't say for sure, but one guess is that the president thinks that wearing a mask would make him look weak, or worse, like a flip-flopper. But can a country's citizens really be expected to rally around an idea when its leader, no matter how divisive he is, won't model it? In Canada, Prime Minister Trudeau got something of a pass on modeling mask wearing in public until recently he was quarantined inside his house, generally deferring to Chief Public Health Officer Theresa Tam. 
So now the holdout countries don't have an information problem on their hands, they have a social engineering problem. It's hard to imagine Americans with their gunslinger individualism taking up a pro-social cause en masse just because someone told them to. Unless the new behavior could be made to look like the cool move, or the smart move, or in some difficult-to-measure sense, the profitable move. Right now, the best government stimulus package, dollar for dollar, might be hiring a cutting-edge ad agency to build a campaign around the outlaw badassery of wearing a mask. It could work. Psychology Today. You know, I'm in marketing, and I agree, that's really not a bad idea. I think they should come up with some sort of slick advertising campaign that's going to help them promote the idea of face masks. They could just make it look sexy and cool. I know they could get some of the healthcare workers involved. Maybe some of the ones that were out there on their TikTok doing all those fancy dances. That was pretty cool, huh? <laughs> uh, of course, they're going to have to come up with some sort of clever name for all of this. Um, let's see. How about Make America Mask Again? This is voluntary. I don't think I'm going to be doing it. I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, how does the healthcare industry feel about face masks? The New England Journal of Medicine says, As the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic continues to explode, hospital systems are scrambling to intensify their measures for protecting patients and healthcare workers from the virus. An increasing number of frontline providers are wondering whether this effort should include universal use of masks by all healthcare workers. Universal masking is already standard practice in Hong Kong, Singapore, and other parts of Asia, and has recently been adopted by a handful of U.S. hospitals. We know that wearing a mask outside healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. Public health authorities define a significant exposure to COVID-19 as face-to-face -face contact within six feet with a patient with symptomatic COVID-19 that is sustained for at least a few minutes, and some say more than 10 minutes or even 30 minutes. The chance of catching COVID-19 from a passing interaction in a public space is therefore minimal. In many cases, the desire for widespread masking is a reflexive reaction to anxiety over the pandemic. The calculus may be different, however, in healthcare settings. First and foremost, a mask is a core component of the PPE clinicians need when caring for symptomatic patients with respiratory viral infections in conjunction with gown, gloves, and eye protection. Masking in this context is already part of routine operations for most hospitals. What is less clear is whether a mask offers any further protection in healthcare settings in which the wearer has no direct interactions with symptomatic patients. There are two scenarios in which there may be possible benefits. The first is during the care of a patient with unrecognized COVID-19. A mask alone in this setting will reduce risk only slightly, however, since it does not provide protection from droplets that may enter the eyes or from fomites on the patient or in the environment that providers may pick up on their hands and carry to their mucous membranes, particularly given the concern that mask wearers may have an increased tendency to touch their faces. More compelling is the possibility that wearing a mask may reduce the likelihood of transmission from asymptomatic and minimally symptomatic healthcare workers with COVID-19 to other providers and patients. This concern increases as COVID-19 becomes more widespread in the community. We face a constant risk that a healthcare worker with early infection may bring the virus into our facilities and transmit it to others. Transmission from people with asymptomatic infection has been well documented, although it is unclear to what extent such transmission contributes to the overall spread of infection. 
More insidious may be the healthcare worker who comes to work with mild and ambiguous symptoms such as fatigue or muscle aches, or a scratchy throat and mild nasal congestion that they attribute to working long hours or stress or seasonal allergies rather than recognizing that they may have early or mild COVID-19. In our hospitals, we have already seen a number of instances in which staff members either come to work well but develop symptoms of COVID-19 partway through their shifts, or worked with mild and ambiguous symptoms that were subsequently diagnosed as COVID-19. These cases have led to large numbers of our patients and staff members being exposed to the virus and a handful of potentially linked infections in healthcare workers. Masking all providers might limit transmission from these sources by stopping asymptomatic and minimally symptomatic healthcare workers from spreading virus-laden oral and nasal droplets. What is clear, however, is that universal masking alone is not a panacea. A mask will not protect providers caring for a patient with active COVID-19 if it is not accompanied by meticulous hand hygiene, eye protection, gloves, and a gown. A mask alone will not prevent healthcare workers with early COVID-19 from contaminating their hands and spreading the virus to patients and colleagues. Focusing on universal masking alone may, paradoxically, lead to more transmission of COVID-19 if it diverts attention from implementing more fundamental infection control measures. The extent of marginal benefit of universal masking over and above these foundational measures is debatable. It depends on the prevalence of healthcare workers with asymptomatic and minimally symptomatic infections, as well as the relative contribution of this population to the spread of infection. It is informative in this regard that the prevalence of COVID-19 among asymptomatic evacuees from Wuhan during the height of the epidemic, there was only 1 to 3%. Modelers assessing the spread of infection in Wuhan have noted the importance of undiagnosed infections in fueling the spread of COVID-19, while also acknowledging that the transmission risk from this population is likely to be lower than the risk of spread from symptomatic patients. And then the potential benefits of universal masking need to be balanced against the future risk of running out of masks and thereby exposing clinicians to the much greater risk of caring for symptomatic patients without a mask. Providing each healthcare worker with one mask per day for extended use, however, may paradoxically improve inventory control by reducing one-time uses and facilitating centralized workflows for allocating masks without risk assessments at the individual employee level. There may be additional benefits to broad masking policies that extend beyond their technical contribution to reducing pathogen transmission. Masks are visible reminders of an otherwise invisible yet widely prevalent pathogen and may remind people of the importance of social distancing and other infection control measures. It is also clear that masks serve symbolic roles. Masks are not only tools, they are also talismans that may help increase healthcare workers' perceived sense of safety, well-being, and trust in their hospitals. Although such reactions may not be strictly logical, we are all subject to fear and anxiety, especially during times of crisis. One might argue that fear and anxiety are better countered with data and education than with a marginally beneficial mask, but it is difficult to get clinicians to hear this message in the heat of the current crisis. Expanding masking protocols' greatest contribution may be to reduce the transmission of anxiety over and above whatever role they may play in reducing transmission of COVID-19. The potential value of universal masking in giving healthcare workers the confidence to absorb and implement the more foundational infection prevention practices described above may be its greatest contribution.
Oh, okay, so that's why healthcare workers should wear face masks, because apparently it helps increase their perceived sense of safety, well-being, and trust in their hospitals. Well, that answers a very big question, now doesn't it? But perhaps an even bigger question may be, do masks even work? Tune in tomorrow to find out. With the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.